0: I'm Dennis Foley. Now, here's Jack Riccardi. All right. Good afternoon, Dennis. Happy Friday. Yes. It's a nice day.
1: T-G-I-F. Out it is a beautiful day. Beautiful day. So, when I was growing up, my mom had a saying when uh, we would argue about something. You know, if you if you put up a fuss about something, and my mom had four kids and she wasn't taking any of this, she would she would look at you and she would say, is that really the hill you want to die on? Is that really the hill you want to die on? And that meant, this is what you want to fight about. This is what you want to risk an early bedtime uh, or, you know, getting grounded or no dessert or no bike for a week or whatever. So I've been watching the Democrats this week. They're heading into a midterm election cycle that already historically does not favor them. And I have to ask the question, is this the hill you want to die on? So I don't know if you've heard this big story about the Supreme Court today. It's not about Katanji Brown Jackson. It's about Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, by the way, just got out of the hospital. He's been very sick. He's the longest serving Supreme Court Justice. But it isn't even about him. It's about his wife. And the story goes that around the time of the January 6th rally, Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, sent some texts to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows about stopping the steal. So she was um, interested in the issues around the 2020 election. She is a politically active person. This is not surprising. It's not like she never took an interest in it before now. Always has been. Um, And she is also an American citizen with the right to free speech and her own political views and what have you. She has made it clear repeatedly over the years that she has her activities and Justice Thomas has his and he doesn't discuss his cases with her and she doesn't discuss her activities with him. And that sounds like a lot of couples I know, probably a lot of couples you know. But they want to impeach Clarence Thomas from the Supreme Court for her text messages which are innocuous about the certification of the 2020 vote now remember it's fine for democrats to vote against certifying an election they they've done it in all of our recent elections they have voted against certifying the results of all of our recent elections except the ones they won it's also fine for them to still be claiming a quarter of a century later that the 2000 election was stolen. But if Ginny Thomas sends a few text messages, her husband should be impeached from the Supreme Court, thus giving them two vacancies to fill. I mean, this is the hill they want to die on. And speaking of Katanji Brown-Jackson, you know, a lot of people think the issue is defining a woman. Everybody knows the definition of a woman. That's why we were joking about it yesterday. The issue is actually wanting to base your appeal to people on the idea that womanhood can't be defined. And in case you are wondering, the the Democratic media have ridden to the rescue of Judge Jackson, USA Today, ran an editorial saying, you know what? It's There's no answer. It can't be defined. Science can't define a woman. They talked to gender law scholars and philosophers of biology. What the hell is a philosopher of biology? (laughs) And they concluded that Judge Jackson's answer was excellent. The only flaw with it was that she referenced Ask a Biologist, and they did, and they said there's no defining it. Is this the hill that the Democrats want to die on? Looking people in the eye, regular everyday people, and saying there's no way to know what a woman is. This is an insane platform on which to stand. This is an insane stance for one of our two major political parties to be taking, heading into midterms that, again, already disfavor them. Just historically, if they were doing everything right, and Biden was firing on all cylinders. History would still say they'd lose a lot of seats. And yet, facing the headwinds they're facing, and and let's think about it, all right? Record high inflation. Labeling parents at school board meetings. Terrorist groups. Critical race theory. Refusing to drill for our own cheap, available oil Gas prices north of four, five, six dollars a gallon in some parts of the country. Pretending that oil from Venezuela or Saudi Arabia would be cleaner than oil from here. District attorneys of the Democratic Party attacking cops and defunding the police during record high crime and murders. A wide open southern border. At the same time that they're preaching about the importance of Ukraine's border. And with all that going on and without answers to any of those things, or the right answers at least, the Democrats have decided, apparently, to try to convince you that the former male swimmer who was just average until he decided to call himself a female and is now dominating NCAA women's events is a woman... But you can't define a woman. He can define a woman, but no expert reached by USA Today can define a woman. So, this is what they are standing on. This is what they have decided. This is their, like, you know, the expression put your best foot forward. This is their best foot, the Democrats. Florida passes what sounds like a pretty common sense law that says you can't teach gender fluidity kids in K through third grade. I mean, frankly, I don't want it taught in K through twelfth grade, but K through third grade seems pretty reasonable, pretty, you know, uh, basic. Oh, no! It's terrible! It's the don't say gay law. You've got the spectacle of the Walt Disney Company attacking its own home state of Florida over what is a common-sense bill. And I swear, that Ron DeSantis... It's like he baits them. He keeps teeing up these issues that just make so much sense, daring the Democrats to do crazy, and they do it every time. Every time he tees them up, they swing at it. They're, he's like Lucy with the football, and they're Charlie Brown. So, this is their pitch. This is the hill they want to die on. I mean, does it, do I have it right? No answers to the problems we actually are facing in our lives. No answers. We get lectures. We get told that we shouldn't complain about the price of gas, that we should go buy an electric car, which if you could afford an electric car, probably the price of gas is not a, a, a big burden to you. But if, if you complain, you're to blame. If you object, uh, you're not a good American. If you use your free speech rights, you get deplatformed or called a domestic terrorist. And they are looking you in the eye with a straight face and saying no one can define what a woman is. There's no answer. There's no answer, all right. (laughs) The phone is ringing at the Democratic Party and there's no answer. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen a political party do going into a major challenging election. I've, I've seen political parties do some dumb things. And believe me, the Republicans are capable of and have often done some really dumb things. But the thing that, that broke me was the Ginny the Thomas story. They really think that's going to do it. That's, that's going to clinch it. They're going to get two vacancies on the Supreme Court They've they've got us now because Jenny Thomas sent some texts. So tell me if I've got this wrong or how I've got it wrong. 210-599-5555. Not that I'm trying to help them, but, you know, they could mitigate, they could soften their losses if they picked the right hills on which to fight. But they have clearly chosen not to do anything about anything that matters. And instead they have picked these issues which, as somebody famously described, this is faculty lounge liberalism. These are things that only matter to them, but make no sense to everyday people. A person standing at the gas pump, pumping this gas into their car, and hearing that there's no way to define what a woman is, is not somebody who's going to take a hard look at your party or its candidates. But they just can't help themselves. 210-599-5555. We're going to talk about it. Um, I'll kind of give you an update on what happened uh, after our show last night regarding defining a woman. It, 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 was, it was interesting, to say the least, and um, we're probably going to need some replacement listeners, because I have a number of people who have told me they will never listen to this show again. They're not listening now. They've assured me of that. So We'll work on that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There he is, the birthday boy. Today is Elton John's 75th birthday. And today at KTSA.com, I've posted Top ten uh, most overlooked and underplayed Elton John songs, in my opinion. And you can check that list out. Go to KTSA.com for the Jack Riccardi Just a Minute video. And uh, you can also find it on the uh, KTSA Facebook page. We're going to talk about Elton's music coming up a little bit later on. Um, yeah, uh, so we, we did a thing out of the Babylon Bee on the show yesterday. Um, it was uh, ways to tell if you're a woman, and it was just, it, the Babylon Bee is a satire website, so it was satire. I I mention that frequently, but satire apparently is dead, and so a whole bunch of people decided that that it was a serious list uh, that I meant it, and so I've got a whole lot of women that have stopped listening to the show. And let me tell you something: when it comes to losing women, I've been at that a long time. I've been doing that my whole life. So, but that, that, that didn't just start yesterday. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with it and don't feel bad for me. You know, don't cry for me, Argentina. But, um, I will just say this. If you as a woman think that I'm your problem, not men pretending to be women and coming into your locker rooms and bathrooms and stealing your opportunities and those of your daughters. If you think I'm the problem, I feel really sorry for you. I don't, I don't feel sorry for me because you don't want to listen to the show anymore or you've decided I'm a misogynist or whatever, I just feel sorry for you that you think I'm your enemy because you're missing a big one, a much bigger one. I'm not the guy you have to worry about. So I was watching, because I love college basketball, I was watching the games, the uh, Sweet 16 games that were here in San Antonio last night. Uh, and if you missed it, two phenomenal games. Houston over Arizona, Villanova over Michigan. And it was really fun to hear Brian Anderson calling these games on TBS. I don't know if you remember Brian Anderson, but he used to be, back when he was really, really young, I met him. He was the, uh, the radio guy along with Roy Acuff for the San Antonio Missions. I remember going up to the booth, um, at, uh, Wolf Stadium. And Roy Acuff had become a, a really good friend, and and is a, is a wonderful guy. And and he introduced me to Brian Anderson, who looked like he was about, you know, fourteen years old at the time. But Brian Anderson is one of the best sports announcers in the business. And so there he is last night on TBS calling these games, and he mentioned San Antonio. Did you notice? Did you watch? He would mention San Antonio like every other sentence, and I kept going. Yes, do it. Get it in there. He kept mentioning the games were being played in San Antonio. We're here in San Antonio. And uh, he just sounds like he's doing a great job. He was on with Jim Jackson, and uh they were the, the duo doing these games for March Madness. But anyway, when they, when they would switch on TBS, when they would switch to their studio show, the halftime and between the games and stuff, Um, they had Ernie, uh, what's it, Ernie Johnson, I guess is his name. And, you know, the usual ex-coaches and ex-players, but they had a WNBA player, uh, on there, um, named Candace Parker. Now, just, just in case you're not a sports fan, usually they don't have women players commentating on the men's games. But Candace Parker was phenomenal. She was the best thing on the panel. She had the most spark. She was the liveliest. The other guys were like mannequins. And she was sparkling, and she had great insights. And I really enjoyed it. So imagine how surprised I was this morning to find a whole Twitter thread complaining about Candace Parker on TBS. But they weren't men complaining, like, "What's, what's the broad doing on our games? It was women complaining. You ready for this? Women were complaining that why should Candace Parker have to talk about men's basketball? I'm not making this up. I wish I was. That's how humorless we've become. Instead of seeing this as an opportunity, like, look, there's a woman excelling, so good at what she does, she's with the guys, she's hanging with the guys, holding more than holding her own. Nope. Nope, that was a that was a setback. That would probably come as news to Candace Parker, who I'm sure in her burgeoning broadcast career saw this as a great step forward, but no, to these women, that was an insult that she had to be on that set with those men. You know, there's some women on ESPN too who are fantastic. Uh I, I enjoy Mina Kimes as much, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, as much as anybody on ESPN. She's one of their NFL analysts. She is whip smart. Really interesting to listen to if you are interested in, you know, previewing games and the draft and the mock draft and all that stuff. And Beth Mowens is one of their sports announcers. She does basketball and football and college football. She's fantastic. What kind of world are we living in when women are rooting against other women? because they are commentating on men's sports. I don't, where did I miss the memo? I thought that was the the glass ceiling y'all were trying to break through. So anyway, Candace Parker has a fan in me. Yeah, so Ilhan Omar and some of the squad want to impeach Clarence Thomas from the Supreme Court because his wife texted Mark Meadows. Do you, you get the feeling that maybe the idea of impeaching Clarence Thomas came before they even knew there were these messages? I mean, think about it. The The current Supreme Court battle isn't really much of a battle. I mean, I know you, you know it's being presented to you like it's Armageddon, but the truth is, a liberal justice is going to replace a liberal justice. It won't change the makeup of the court. It won't change the trajectory of any of the court's rulings. The kind of Supreme Court confirmation battles that are really significant are the ones that change the makeup, you know, the the, the predicted uh, split of the court. Getting rid of Clarence Thomas would do that. And by the way, again, hate on me all you want, and a lot of women do, and I, I can take it, but there isn't anything there isn't anything you should be insulted by more than what cory booker did this week just absolutely falling all over judge jackson and we played the audio yesterday it's revolting he he just fanboys i'm so honored to be in your presence i'm so emotional being near you and this is the guy who you may remember he was the mayor of Newark, and he got elected to the Senate from New Jersey. And he wrote a book about his life and how hard it was growing up. He grew up on the mean streets of Newark, and he, he got to know this gangbanger named T Bone, one of the drug lords of Newark, and they they uh they had a, a violent encounter, but Corey won him over and they became friends. And then people started asking questions about T-Bone because reporters that cover Newark were like, we never heard of this guy. And it turned out he was like Corn Pop. He didn't exist. Cory Booker had made him up. Cory Booker didn't grow up on the mean streets of Newark. Cory Booker grew up in the suburbs. His parents were both executives for IBM. Gitanji Jackson also grew up in a very privileged background. So when you have Cory Booker and Katanji Jackson acting out this, doing this role-playing this week where they're talking about their their uh, shared background and they, they both knew the mean streets and don't worry, my sister, and I've got you, my sister, this is acting. And it's not only acting, it's bad acting. And it's not only bad acting, it's condescending bull bleep because neither of them Come from poverty. I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying you're a better person if you were poor or you came from poverty. But for God's sakes, it's sickening when people who weren't pretend they were. It's sickening when people put on oppression like it's a Halloween costume. It's fraudulent. This whole thing has been fraudulent. Uh Raymond writes to JackieKTSA.com. 57% of the U.S. population doesn't pay income tax. Yesterday you spoke about student loan forgiveness, gasoline vouchers, all the counterproductive things. The Democrats are for. My sense is the 43% pulling the wagon can define a woman. The others wonder about when gas vouchers will occur. So maybe they do think it's the last hill to die on. Well, I'll tell you what, Raymond. I've heard those numbers before about the income tax thing, and I, I just, I think... And I appreciate your email. But I actually think the dynamic is different now. In other words, I am sure there are people who've always voted Democratic. And maybe they are the recipients of programs that are championed by or identified with the Democratic Party. And maybe are members of racial or ethnic groups uh, in which it is considered appropriate, correct behavior to vote for the Democrats. But they're not going to. And you're going to see this in a big way. You're going to see a shift. Not just in one election, not just this fall. But when you start coming at people with the level and the intensity of crazy that Democrats are coming at you with, you know, the stuff that we associate with the Democratic Party Is stuff that Roosevelt did, or 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 Clinton did, or Johnson did, right, or even Obama did, and these are mean potatoes things that that give the Democrats the support they have and lock in the loyalty they've enjoyed for many years. But this is a different thing. You could be a you could be a liberal African American woman, but as you pump five dollar a gallon gas into your car, and you hear people who are grown adults pretend they don't know what women are. I don't think that's going to make you a Republican, but I don't think you're going to vote for just anybody the Democrats throw at you. You're not going to say it. You're not going to declare it. But it's going to happen. And we already know that's true because we've already seen around the country the backlash against crazy. When you have a city like San Francisco is there any more intensely liberal democratic city than San Francisco? 75 plus percent of the recall voters firing school board members for the insanity of critical race theory and renaming schools instead of opening schools and getting our kids back inside of them. They're worried about whose name is on the outside. So I, I hear what you're saying, Raymond, but I think this shift has already begun. I think they've already picked the wrong hill on which to fight. He referenced the free gas, the governor of California says, we're going to do gas cards. The Democrats in Congress are talking about um, $100 per household, plus another $100 per dependent in uh, gas vouchers, or what they call rebates. So we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars Moved through the the federal government back to people. And don't get me wrong, those suckers will get spent. (laughs) I mean, that money will get used. But when it does, it will drive up inflation. It will not lower the price of gas. And then that program will end. And gas will still be high. You can't fix rising prices by flooding buyers with more dollars. You've got to produce more stuff. And I still believe, call me naive, but I still believe most people know that. I think most people know that we have, they may not know the specifics or the details or in granular detail, but I think most people know that we are afloat on domestic oil, that one party was interested in getting at and the other party is saying we can't have but they will send you money to buy oil from venezuela they will send you money to buy oil from anywhere else but here i think people are figuring that out and so even people who have a biography of voting for the democrats and and living under democratic programs and benefiting from democratic programs i i I don't think they can handle the level of crazy the intensity and we ran through all the things that they have decided to base their messaging on. I mean, you know, think about think about it this way. These are the talking points of the Democratic Party right now. Okay, these are the things they've decided are going to be what they're known for, okay? The things they want to be known for. You can't define a woman. Children in school are guilty of slavery. The southern border doesn't matter, but the border between Ukraine and Russia matters. And on and on it goes. These are the hills they're dying on. Parents that go to school board meetings are are terrorists. Defund the police. And blame cops for higher crime rates. And don't enforce laws we have and have passed duly and let people out of jail even after they're caught. So they're waging a culture war on people they've already, already waged an, an economic and environmental war on. And what I'm saying is I've been doing this a long time and I've seen people hold the line and stay loyal to the Democratic Party of this country, they've 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 stayed loyal through a lot of things because they've believed at the end of the day that that party still was the one that got them. They get people like me. The Republicans don't get people like me, but they these are the people that get people like me. These are the people that I'd like to know. They they'd be good people to have a beer with. But now I don't think that's true, I, and I don't say that because I wish it isn't true. It's pretty clear that they have stopped being that party. They're not even trying to be. And they don't have a Democratic extreme fringe. The whole party has gone that way. And the proof of that is that people like Biden and Pelosi are so old, they should be standing athwart all this going, wait a minute, this isn't how we got to where we are. This isn't what made us the Democratic Party. We're old enough to remember. You can't, no, they're fully on board with all this. Biden can't quite get the words out. It's not because he's seventy nine, it's because he's having to say things he doesn't really believe or understand. And anybody would stammer and get lost doing that. You would, I would. two ten, five nine nine, fifty five fifty five. And I I see it even in the um and you do too, I think, right? You you see it even in the um the sort of um, scoldy, humorless attitude toward everything. I mean, you you must have something that you laugh at, right? I realize it was not this show last night, but maybe it's a TikTok video, maybe it's your favorite comedian, or something you watch on Netflix. Or you you, you find joy in your life. These are people that find no joy in anything. Everything that's funny is also to offensive to them. It's politically incorrect to them. You know I've come to realize I've gotten to know a number of uh, professional comedians through the show over the years, people like Roman Garcia and Jay Lafar and uh, Tom Tope and a bunch of people that have been on our show, very funny people, men and women and I've always you know I've always appreciated them, but I appreciate them more now it It, it is hard to be a comedian now. Because in any room, half the people are putting their hands on their hips saying, that's not funny. You shouldn't say that. And I've heard comedians say they hate playing college campuses. Have you heard this? A bunch of A-list comedians have said they won't do it. They they aren't going there anymore. And that used to be a place they loved going. I used to hear comedians say it's it's like an incubator for new material to play college campuses. It's such an appreciative, warm audience, but that was years ago. It's not true anymore. You know why? Because everything's offensive. Because these snowflakes start to melt. Because they can't tell the difference between a lecturer and a guest speaker and a comedian. None of it's funny. All of it's serious. And that's how we get to where we're at right now. And so I do think they've picked the wrong hill, I think they have overloaded you and their expectations of you. I think you've you've made allowances but I think you've just about had it. I'm talking about people that have been voting democratic but in recent years have started to say you know um some of this doesn't make sense to me. Look at what's happened in the border counties that were 90% Democratic just a few cycles ago and went for Trump and went for Republican candidates in 2020 and are seeing increased, every one of them saw increased GOP primary turnout earlier this month, every one of those border counties. Can
3: you run me through what happened?
1: Uh, I had actually came
4: back from a job interview, and I was driving, but I had missed two U-turns. And, when I, and when, I got, when I got into the third U-turn, that's when the tornado lifted up my truck and the infamous video of me spinning around the street and driving off came, came viral.
3: When it started to pick you up, what was your reaction?
4: In my head, I didn't have no, no, no feeling and no reaction because everything just happened fast. But like once I got off the truck and I saw my truck, how it was, it, it broke me down. Like my hard work is gone.
3: When you say it, you it broke. All right, down. That's Riley
1: Leon, sixteen years old up in North Texas. He was the driver of that truck in the video that went viral. And um we're first of all, we're grateful that he's okay. Um and not surprised <laughs> this morning that Chevrolet announced they are going to give him a brand new twenty twenty two Silverado in red. I hope it's a high trim model. Should be, right? And, uh, they're also going to donate a, uh, make a donation to the American Red Cross Disaster Relief Fund, uh, in honor of, uh, his experience. Um, it's a great, it's a great outcome. It could have been a disastrous, horrible story. Uh, thank God he's okay and very smart for Chevy to jump on that. Um, so I, I don't even know what, I mean, you know, you always want, when your kids get through, go through something like that, you want to like, Say something like this should now you know, but there's no, there's really no lesson to be learned here. Like you can't you can't sit them down and go now, son. Next time, if there's a tornado, you know, guardian angels, right? Yeah. So we've been talking about the um the bizarre kind of I don't know what you'd call it the 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 strategy right or the battle plan. What do the Democrats know that we don't know, or what is it that that, that I that I'm missing? They're absolutely waging a culture and logic war against people that they need to vote for them. On top of the inflation, on top of the gas prices, on top of the jitters about war with Russia, on top of all the things that are already happening, why are they choosing things like you can't define a woman and Leah Thomas is a woman and you know, And I'm telling you, I really don't think there is a capacity to go along with that. And you won't hear people declaring it, announcing it. It doesn't mean they've become Republicans. But there's just going to be a whole lot of shifting. And it's mostly not anything the Republicans have done. I mean, Trump connected with some of these sort of Reagan Democrat voters, but... This is mostly the crazy coming off the Democratic Party. And it's why I think here and there you have Democrats like Manchin and Cinema that are trying to ring the bell, but they have all they can do to survive in their own party and the pressure they're under. And I hear Manchin is caving on Build Back Better. So, you know, the president today, uh, said that, um, there's going to be food shortages in america that that's a necessary price of our sanctions uh... he was asked about food shortages worldwide energy and food shortages worldwide and the president said it's going to be real the price is not just imposed on russia it's imposed on a lot of other countries including our country as well what kind of a leader punishes his own people what kind of a leader boasts? About shortages, you betcha. What kind of leadership is it to plan for shortages and plan for less? Why would you, in the face of what you claim you know is coming, ban drilling and put windmills and solar panels on what's left of American farmland? Why would you do it? what do they know that we don't know this isn't a food shortage problem it's a leadership problem we don't have a we don't have a shortage of oil we have a shortage of leadership we talked yesterday about the mayor of new york now he was a bright light he was supposed to be the new more reasonable you know sane democrat eric adams he's been in office for just a couple of months and last week or a week or two ago i'm a little vague on the details he had said, Yeah, we're going to start lifting these vaccine mandates. It's time. They were imposed by his predecessor. He said, I'm going to do it, you know, on a schedule. I don't want to I don't want to be forced into it by political considerations. And then he announces that we're going to lift them for professional athletes and performers. What's more political than that? And when you do that, you send an unmistakable message to the kind of people that the Democrats count on and have been counting on for years. Screw you. If you're not a third baseman for the Mets if you're not part of the cast of Hamilton we don't have any relief for you we're not interested in you now again people will endure because I've seen it in the Republican party the Republicans have nominated a series of putzes and they got loyalty and they got loyalty and they got loyalty and then eventually people just started peeling off I think that's happening now I saw this, this was interesting. As bad as the price of oil is, the price of lithium has gone up 472% in the last year. Why is that important? Lithium is a prime ingredient in battery packs for electric vehicles. It's one of the key ingredients. You have to have it. They're called lithium batteries. So oil's gone up, but not 500%. Lithium has. These people don't care. They're they're throwing at you the solution. Well, just buy an electric car. They don't care that you can't and you're not going to. That isn't the answer. They don't care that it doesn't even sound like they've thought that answer through. That doesn't sound like a compassionate, thoughtful answer. That's just like a shut up and go get an electric car. Stop bitching. So all I'm saying is this is how they're... Coming at you. So, Dennis, we're asking people today on the JR poll, have you ever bought a product from a TV infomercial? Have you ever done that? I have not. See, I'm not surprised to hear that. No. You seem like a very no. practical guy. <laughs> Cheap. <laughs> Just can't imagine you doing that. Like you don't. No, no. You don't seem like a spur of the moment. I think I need to have that kind of you know kind of. No, guy.
0: everything's well researched and uh, right. Pennies counted and yeah.
1: <laughs> now a lot of people are saying, and I thought this was interesting. I hadn't thought of it this way. A lot of people are answering the question by saying, "Well, I didn't buy it." From the infomercial, but then I saw the infomercial product in the stores because sometimes the stores will have like a, an as seen on TV, you know, rack.
2: Yeah, I've I noticed that, either, that at Target.
1: <laughs> yeah, Target like has a whole little rack of things yeah. that, uh, and I think Walgreens does it too. And it's like, these are all the things that you've been seeing on the infomercial. So if you didn't order them off the infomercial, you can buy them in the store. And maybe that seems smarter. Like I can look at it and. Check it out and And stuff like that. I'm just.
0: Yeah, you can just buy it right then and there instead of having to wait for it to show up in the mail and be like, when did I buy this? Uh, Right. What was I doing at the time?
1: So, um, I think of infomercials as kind of like, this is like the, uh, this is like old Amazon, you know? This is like before we had Amazon, you'd see these commercials late at night and, um, they, they became kind of, uh, they, they all took on kind of a, um, I don't know what you'd say like a tone or a format they all seemed sort of similar they they you you'd almost get the feeling they were all from one company many of them were uh from a guy named Ron Popiel but not all of them um but you know the same sort of slogans uh the the very punchy announcer voice the 800 number uh and I'm just curious and you know no judgment have you ever bought one of those things and how did that work out what was it and, uh, do you still have it? Was it, was it as great as it looked in the infomercial? Because the infomercials almost were, they almost made it seem too good to be true. You know, it's, there was nothing it couldn't do. I remember when I was a kid, I, um, I really wanted Mr. Microphone. And, um, you know, cause it just made it look like, oh man, if you have a microphone, everybody wants to be your friend and you'll be back to pick up the ladies later. And now I've had a microphone for 36 years, and let me tell you, it's not like that. Don't, don't do it. It's not true. Not a uh, true ad. Um, but anyway, uh, Todd says he bought a food saver vacuum sealer and still has it. Very happy with it. Uh, Richard says he bought the pocket fisherman. It broke immediately. Uh, we've had a number of things mentioned. What did you buy off an infomercial? Was it the pots, the pans? Was it something, uh, electronic? Was it something kind of goofy like that uh the singing bass? You know, what what 210-599-5555. Have you ever bought a TV infomercial product today's JR poll? We'll see hey, the results coming up. That's right. <laughs> right before six. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. Believe me, by now I would know. Two ten five nine nine fifty five. 55 on KTSA. The Dish coming up after 6. We'll talk restaurants and we'll celebrate the 75th birthday of Sir Elton John. Speaking of restaurants, there was a tweet this week that then got deleted and now it's like it never happened from Nicole Hannah-Jones who is the 1619 Project founder and New York Times editor. So she uh, had uh, tweeted out and in case you know, don't know, the 1619 Project is the, the long-term Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times uh, project that says, that claims, that postulates that American history didn't begin with the Declaration of Independence in 1776. It began with the importation of slaves from Africa to the North American continent in 1619. Everything's about that. Everything that's ever happened, everything we do, everything we have, everything you have in your life is an offshoot, is a product, ill-gotten gains of slavery. So anyway, she had uh, tweeted out that tipping is the legacy of slavery and that nowhere else in the world is there tipping. So it must be a remnant of... Slavery in America. She wrote, Um tipping is a legacy of slavery. Have you ever stopped to think why we tip? Like why tipping is a practice in the U.S. and nowhere else. America is a slavocracy, she says. And she said that slavery had a hand in the development of tipping. And... um I had a thought about this. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but oftentimes um there's a certain kind of liberal who is remarkably cheap. <laughs> like, you know, they used to say that the Kennedys, who were extremely rich and iconic liberals, um almost never paid their bills. And everywhere they went they were forgiven for it because they were the Kennedys. And they knew that, so they used that. And if you're not paying the bill, you're probably not leaving a tip. And Nicole Hannah-Jones is now a very successful, very affluent, upper-crust uh, journalist with the New York Times. Journalist in quotes. It's like she's become one of these people. And this is the irony of those that claim to represent the downtrodden and the forgotten and the oppressed, She's too cheap to leave a tip. And instead of just not leaving a tip, she has to tweet about the merits of it. It's virtuous not to tip. Um, what if she's just cheap? <laughs> what if she just doesn't like leaving a tip and, and she's decided to dress it up as some sort of uh, historical uh, statement? By the way, tipping is done around the world. I remember the first time I traveled abroad. I was a young guy and I was taking my first trip to Europe. And I didn't know anything about anything. It's the first time I ever had a passport. And that was back in the day when you would read travel books. Now you probably wouldn't do that, but you'd go to the book, bookstore, you get a book about the place you were going to go, like the Fodor's Guide or something. And I remember, you know, one of the things you wanted to know about was paying bills and tipping and ordering in restaurants in foreign countries. And it turns out there's, there's tipping all over the world. It's different in different places. It's not unique to this country. It turns out that there's references to tipping in Shakespeare. This is not said in the United States. Um, And so a guy pointed this out to her, and she responded by first blocking him, then saying that he was obsessed with her. That's another comeback now, right? When you argue with them, they say, oh, you're just obsessed with me. Remember, AOC says that people that disagree with her want to date her. And then she deleted the tweet. So I, I'm beginning to think that when leftists make this tipping is so undignified argument, it's just because they don't want to leave tips. And I've noticed that the most generous tippers are never the richest people. Have you ever noticed that? The most generous tippers are never the most affluent people. They're usually people that knows what, that know what it feels like to live on tips. Most generous tippers are usually people that have, that have been on the other side of tips. And they make damn sure they leave one. I think there's some confusion about infomercials and commercials. So I'm not talking about things that are just like commercials. Like you saw a television ad for, you know, Bob Mills and you bought a mattress. I'm talking about those, I'm talking about those late night, like half hour television shows where they have like a studio audience and they have an expert and they have a host and it's like a whole big, there's like a storyline, you know? And they present a problem, right? There's always a, the, the, the beginning is always the conflict, the problem. And then there's the promise of a solution because we've got this revolutionary new product. And it's so incredible, it can't be explained in a 30-second or 60-second television commercial. That's why they need an infomercial. Because you gotta have the info. And then they demonstrate it in a variety of ways. If it's a frying pan, they don't just cook in it like you and I would just cook some eggs or something, right? They, they, they take a blowtorch to it and they, they back a hummer over it. You know, who does that, right? They do all these crazy things. We, we flew an F 16 into it and we did this and we did that. And then, and then they have the people in the audience take a bite of that omelette or whatever was cooked or, or, or experience the product. Or if it's some sort of, you know, if it's like a, a, a warm, uh, neck pillow, they put there and, oh, then they moan in ecstasy. It tastes so good. It's so comfortable. Nothing's ever been better than this product. And while people's eyes are rolling back into their head, there's the 800 number on the bottom of the screen, and you're th- and it's and it's lo- always late at night, right? Because that's when the time is available for them to buy these half hour chunks. So it's late at night. You've sat through all this. A couple of people have said to me, you know, I might have had a few things to drink. <laughs> that might have been a factor, you know. They don't, uh, you know, they don't say it in the infomercial, but they may be counting on that. Just saying. Or you're tired, or your inhibitions are down, or whatever. And you know, for some people, shopping is also therapeutic, right? Like, some people shop to make themselves feel better. Well, here you are late at night, you're you're bummed out, your boss yelled at you, you had a fight with your boyfriend, and now here's some product that, damn it, you deserve. Why shouldn't you have this product? Look at how happy the people are in the studio audience. In fact, how have I lived without it this long? Remember, we did a whole show one not a whole show, we did a segment one time on the show, this was a, a while back, about the uh, that rotisserie cooker from Ron Popeil, remember that? And um, that had a call and response part to it where the audience would chant along with the host, you said it and forget it. And people were, it was like church. They knew the right, like when you're in church and you know the response and everybody says it at the right moment. It was like church for the rotisserie cooker. And many a night when I was a young guy watching that boob tube mindlessly, I would think to myself, why do I not have the rotisserie cooker? Why am I not cooking entire chickens or six salmons at once and then I would answer the question because I live alone. What the hell am I going to do with all that chicken? Am I going to open a restaurant? But I have to tell you that rotisserie commercial—that it—it seems stupid not to buy it, right? You know what I mean, right? The rotisserie cooker. So we did a show about it one time, and people called in, and they love them. And we had people say, "Oh yeah, I've had it for twenty years, and I've had it for fifteen years. It still works. It's incredible." I had a lady send me pictures of things. I think you remember that, Don. She sent us pictures of things that she'd cooked in a rotisserie cooker. So I'm just curious. Have you ever bought one of those infomercial products and what was it? And how did it work out? 210 599 5555. Oh boy. Here's somebody in trouble. Manny Machado is the third baseman for the San Diego Padres. Um, He's a big star. And, you know, spring training is underway. The Padres train in Arizona. And he was interviewed by a local television station about, you know, the upcoming season. And he is sitting there with a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt on. He's wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt. I wonder what will happen. I mean... The logical answer would be, well, why does anything have to happen? And I agree with that, because I'm a logical person. But these are not logical times. Something tells me that Manny Machado has to pay for this. I don't know how. I'm not sure what will happen. But he's wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt. And that is like a poke in the eye for some people. I mean, I think, I think we forget how Let's Go Brandon got started, right? Let's Go Brandon is is a phenomenon of Orwellian proportions because there was a, I believe it was a NASCAR race, and the driver who won the race was named Brandon something, and the reporter for the Sports Network is interviewing him, and the crowd is chanting F. Joe Biden, and she decides to do a little cleanup on aisle five, and she says, oh, you can hear the crowd saying, let's go, Brandon. So that's really what it is. It's To me, it isn't as much a political statement as it is a statement about the absurdity of the times we live in. We deny reality. We deny what's right in front of us. We, we refuse to believe our own eyes and ears. Orwell wrote about this. He said, the last lie the government will tell you is don't believe your own eyes and ears. You can't trust what you see and hear. And that's what she was doing. It was just a goofy thing. And, and it really should have blown over in a day or two. But there was so much backfilling and bodyguarding and white knighting about it that Let's Go Brandon became a thing. And now it's become the catchphrase of the, of the Biden presidency. Who knows why Manny Machado has that shirt on? I mean, I have no idea. And it used to be that you could wear anything on a shirt. And people did. It's quite a time when you have to explain your shirt. <laughs> I mean, think about that. You you wear a shirt, you have to justify it to somebody, and I guarantee you he will. I know I'm right about this. We'll just it'll be a matter of time, but you watch, something'll happen next week with Manny Machado and his shirt. I feel
2: so real.
1: All right, 538 on KTSA. That man has a birthday today, 75 years old. Sir Elton John counts Queen Elizabeth among his fans. 210 599 5555. Coming up after six, we'll talk restaurants on the dish. We're talking about have you ever bought an infomercial late night TV infomercial product and what was it? And Perry is on KTSA. Hi, Perry.
5: Hey, Jack. How are you doing, man?
1: Good, sir. How are you?
5: Great. I bought a... Uh, I just got a divorce in 1999, and my wife got the house, and I, I had a new apartment. And I was bored and, and watching the TV at late at night. and bought this uh, stuff called walk-away cookware. It mm. was a double-wall stainless steel skillet,
6: two yeah. double-wall
5: stainless steel pots, like a five-quart and an eight-quart with lids right. with temperature modules on them. With these NASA-inspired wrap-around insulated covers
1: that go on them, NASA-inspired, wow!
5: Yeah, I could make a, like a pot of spaghetti and meat sauce in uh-huh. the morning and uh, take it to work. And at noon, uh-huh. one o'clock, it'd still be steaming hot, and I could feed it to some of my employees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And i it was twenty-two years ago, and I still got it. We still use it quite quite all, all the time.
1: But How was, about that?
5: This was in 99 or 2000 it was almost 700 dollars (laughs) whoa but it was you know it still i gotta ask you
1: i gotta ask you perry i gotta ask you when you when you saw that um that ad had you already were you already a guy that cooked and i mean was cookware something that you were already into
5: oh yeah i've i've got a great cutlery and and i love Mm to cook and yeah, I used to do competition barbecue and stuff like that, but it's no oh, okay. I just uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty intense infomercial. It was thirty minutes long, like you say. It
1: yeah, is, yeah. It
5: was it was quite good, and so I bit the bullet, spent almost seven hundred dollars on it, and uh, it's been great. Now, with
1: that, I don't know. I don't know a lot about this. Would that have been a lot more than cookware in a store, or would that have been comparable to what you would have paid if you'd gone to like, you know, a store and bought cookware?
5: Uh, it's quite a bit more. I can buy. it. Calphalon and stuff now, for even a lot cheaper than that now in twenty twenty two. But it was just, it was very intriguing, and it and it works just as just exactly as they advertise. Kind of like the, yeah. the Ron Popeil. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't forget it, you know. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what would have hooked me would have been the NASA handles. That you you say NASA and I'm like okay I got to have that you know. Yeah, I it, might it, have to. Part,
5: it, was, it was an insulation type thing that NASA had developed. Uh, for the spacecraft, and and uh, it works real good. It's not very thick, but it works real good.
1: <laughs> that's amazing, Perry. You have a good weekend, sir. Thank you for the call. That's a great story. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. See, somebody knew what they were doing because that's that that's a bullseye for people. NASA, right? When we were kids, remember when we were kids? We had to have Tang. My mom was like, "What's wrong with real orange juice?" No, no, no. We gotta have Tang because the astronauts drank Tang. And uh I, I guess that was true, right? The astronauts did drink Tang, but you tell kids that. We if you if you told us the astronauts ate dirt, we'd have gone outside eating dirt. Uh Don is on KTSA. Hi Don. Hey, how's you doing? Good, sir. How are you?
4: I got uh hustle for the autotune uh guitar player thing, you know, where you get the guitar and the books and the method
1: and, you know. I got everything oh. about the yeah and that so, to play the time. so you bought all that off the infomercial,
4: yeah, and how did, did that work stars. out uh about as good as i you know I didn't stick with it, you know, and then I just went back to, to kind of learning by listening to the to, to the radio or the stereo, you know yeah but i was I was convinced I, and like you said, I think I was under the influence of <laughs> <laughs>
1: it does help, yeah, it does help
4: by the by the government, but anyhow, yeah, but uh, and I'm still looking for for that stuff the astronauts take.
1: there you go, yeah, we all want now we all want that astronaut cooking pot, all right, thank you, Don. appreciate the call, yeah, I think um, like. It's one thing if you buy something that's already in your kind of wheelhouse, like you know the gentleman that had been divorced and he bought the cookware, but he he said, you know, I was already cooking, I had n- nice knives and good stuff, I had good kitchen stuff, and I knew how to cook it's when you it's when you decide that you are going to change your life during an infomercial that you're probably in trouble when you say you know i've never I've never played a musical instrument in my life, but you know what's been missing? I need to play the guitar or I don't cook, but I need to make rotisserie chicken. I've got to do, I've got, starting today, I'm gonna do it. I had a friend who, um, was always dieting and always, uh, you know, battling, uh, you know, weight. And they were selling these meal planning, they were just basically plastic containers, you know, like Tupperware, but not that brand, you know, the, plastic containers for leftovers and stuff. Everybody has them, right? You can buy them from H-E-B or Walmart or any off-brand, or you can buy expensive ones or Rubbermaid. But they were advertising them as food, uh, I'm sorry, as meal planning like modules. This was how you're going to lose weight because you would divide your food up into these little cubes. And they really didn't look special, but the way they were presented was these little plastic things were we're going to they were going to save your life because you would prep your meals you would prep your quantities you know portion control that's the big struggle right and so he said i'm going to do it i'm going to get those and he got them. and this is a guy who lives in another state so i don't talk to him very often i asked him a while later after i knew he had him are you using those um i wasn't trying to mock him i was trying to be you know just curious are you using those things? I forget what they were called. They had some fancy name. And he said, yeah, I am. I'm using them. I said, have you lost any weight? Well, no. I said, oh. So was that not the issue, or is the, the, the portion control is not? He goes, well, I do divide. I, at the beginning of the week, I do divide my food into those containers, but then I wind up eating several Of the containers at one sitting So, I don't know, I mean, I think it seems like a good idea Because it's late at night And they know how to pull your strings And a lot of them say things about how, you know You know, this is what you've always waited for And if you're up late at night and you're watching TV There probably is something missing, right? I mean, let's be honest, right? And, uh, you know, so I'm not saying it's wrong I'm just saying it's kind of a game and, you know, you win some, you lose some. Sometimes you get, you know, a great set of uh, pots and pans. Another time you get a guitar that you don't know what to do with. Anybody can do this. I'll put it in my machine and
2: it and forget
1: it. Mm. The Showtime Rotisserie, which at one time was that infomercial was the best-selling infomercial product of all time. It recently lost its title to another infomercial product called Proactive, which is a skin treatment for acne. Proactive now does in a year almost as much as the Showtime Rotisserie did in its entire history. So, uh, Other big selling uh, products, fitness products. uh, Of course, the George Foreman Grill up there, too. Always a big one. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. One way to know about infomercial products that have been popular is if you go to garage sales. No, I'm serious. If you if you frequent garage sales, yard sales, flea markets, it, you'll see a lot of the things that a lot of people have bought, because that's where they wind up, right, you know, after after it didn't work out. Uh, 210-599-5555. On the JR Poll, powered by Stevens Roofing, what infomercial product did you decide to bite the bullet on. And Jim is on KTSA. Jim, good afternoon. Happy Friday.
7: Happy Friday, Jack. I'm looking forward to the dish. Hey, listen, uh, you you sparked something on that proactive. I'm 57. I still have a little bit of adult acne every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I get that proactive, the face wash at Walmart.
1: It works great. (laughs) Does it? Okay, that's good to know.
7: Yeah, you can buy it at Walmart. Just the face wash, the only thing Mm -hmm. I use. Uh, Anyway, We were on a family ski trip, Uh, this mid and early 2000s, more or less, so 20 years ago, and we were snowed in, in our cabin. So, uh, TV was all we had, or board games, whatever we had, deck cards. Anyway, uh, they came on with the Showtime Wonder Knives, a set of kitchen knives. (laughs) Those were the worst knives ever, except... Oh,
1: no, what happened?
7: They were so flimsy. The blades were, oh, my God, they were like, you, you use one of those knives, any one of them, you cut...
1: Yeah, it was a hazard. Cut
7: your finger off. Those were terrible. Hmm. Maybe you should have bought the Ginsu
1: knives. Were the Ginsu knives better, I wonder?
7: I never had those. I remember those, but I never bought them. Do you remember those? those? (laughs) But the Perry knife on the Showtime, I still have to this day, and I made room for it in my professional knife set, some knives I bought, German-made knives, kitchen knives. And anyway, the Perry knife is the only showtime I have left, and I use it almost every
1: day. The rest so of That them, one was good. The rest of them are gone. All right. They're long gone. <laughs> Jim, thank you for the call, sir. And uh, you have a good weekend. Yeah, the dish coming up in a few minutes on KTSA. Uh, proactive, as, as, as Jim mentioned, a lot of these infomercial products wind up being in the stores. Like OxyClean for years was an infomercial product. But now I think you can get it. I know I bought mine just like at HEB or something, you know, and I don't know if that's like, uh, well, it starts out, it becomes so successful as an infomercial that they then migrated over to retail or whether that was the plan all along. We're going to introduce it on an infomercial and the plan was always to put it in the stores. I'm not, I'm not sure how that, how that works, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that started out as only available on TV and now you can get it, uh, in other places and fitness is a big big segment uh thigh master remember thigh master bowflex and see those are the those are the kinds of decisions you would make late at night you know you're up your stomach's bothering you you feel old and fat and nobody loves you and then you see these people doing bowflex and you're like yeah that's the life i want that that's it that's going to do it for me i've got to have that and it's a decision that wouldn't make sense in daytime right Admit it, right? You like in the in the in the light of day, I wouldn't have done this, but late at night, it's just you. There's no one to put their hand, you know, put 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 a hand over your hand and go, no, 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 don't do that. Think, think first. They've got you. Yeah, two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five, or stuff that. Um, what was that? What was that thing done? Do you remember it? The the blanket with sleeves. What was that thing called? Do you remember that thing? I'm trying to think it was like a blanket but it's sleeves uh, let me look it up a yeah. snuggie was it the snuggie yes yes a blanket you can wear right yes that's like the answer to a question no one is asking like oh, i really like this blanket i wish it had sleeves who's who's thinking that way see late at night late at night and so it's either that or it's something that I've always wanted to get into that, right? Like it's some hobby that you don't do, and normally you wouldn't think of doing. But then late at night, you're like, where's my life going? Why don't I have a fun hobby like these other people do? And bang, you're buying something off an infomercial. Ben is on KTSA. Hi, Ben.
8: Hey, Jack. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
8: I'm great. Well, I never bought a shake weight or anything like that, but <laughs> I was like seven years old I yeah. was obsessed with fishing, all right, and there was this infomercial about Roland Martin with this helicopter lure. He would throw it out there, and it looked like a little airplane propeller that buzzed over the lily pads, and wham, a big bass would bite it, all this good stuff. You could buy them in white, yellow, whatever. Anyways, I begged my mother, I
1: said, I got to have
8: one of those because yeah. I'm obsessed with right. fishing and all. I can Anyways. feed the family, Mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She bought it anyways i got this thing anyways we went fishing one day and i took that lure and i was fishing with it and i threw it out there and wham this fish hit it and i start hollering because it was really big and anyways i reeled this thing in and i caught a five pound bass wow anyways it was a just a fun moment for like a seven year old but that's like my only successful uh infomercial Memory that yeah. I've got. So anyway, yeah. that's, that's. But you
1: know, if it works you know. for you when you're seven, you're going to think for yeah. the rest of your life, "Hey, I I can believe these people, right?"
8: Oh, exactly. But yeah, that that one. But you know, sometimes uh, as a fisherman, you got to have a little. Luck and probably a little technique too, so it's not yeah. always
1: the product that you can
8: rely on. But that's anyway, probably
1: <laughs> true. I think that's true. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate having you. Yeah, I always marvel at how many George Foreman grills you see at flea markets and yard sales and garage sales, and neighborhoods, every other booth, table, driveway. There's a George Foreman grill, but but I mean, people love them. I, I remember my my mother's sister, my aunt, who was very careful with her money and. Her and her husband were not stingy, but really, you know, Yankee, frugal, you know. They bought a George Foreman grill, and that would be like a person buying a Ferrari. You know, just like, what? what? They did that? Because they just didn't seem like the type that even grilled anything. I mean, they didn't even have like an outside grill. And I swear, she said, when we asked her what, why Why did you buy the George Foreman Grill? She said, because I trust George Foreman. And I didn't even think she knew who George Foreman was. She's not a sports fan, but see? It's, the genius of the George Foreman Grill isn't how it works or how it's designed or reducing the fat. It's getting George Foreman. They could have sold anything, and they probably will. It's time for The Dish. We're talking restaurants, and this the last hour of the show, last hour of the week. Every Friday at six. We're talking about your most recent restaurant experience, whatever that might be. It could be that you're coming back from dinner right now, or you went out to lunch, or it was earlier this week. You might have gone to a new restaurant or one that's new to you, or you may be singing the praises of an old favorite place that you want to let everybody know about. Um when you call the dish, uh you can praise or zing the food or the price or the service or the atmosphere or all of those things. Two ten five nine nine. Fifty-five, fifty-five. you can praise or zing. It's
3: 50 Shades of
9: Grey. We have children at home, and I'm, it's really not a Don't
3: you find the that. irony in that?
1: Oh, how upsetting. Praise or zing, any restaurant in or around San Antonio on the dish right now. At 210-599-5555. And, um, also, before the hour is up, we're going to have the results on our poll question, which is, have you ever bought a TV infomercial product? And, uh, and Stephanie has bought a infomercial product. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Are you? Yeah, there you are. Hi, Stephanie. So have you ever bought something off a television infomercial?
3: I did. I bought a package called the Six Week Body Makeover. It was done wow. by this fitness guru named Mike Thurman. Oh. And it was so what, a, what
1: did it involve?
3: So it, it was a, you answered these questions, it was a booklet, mm-hmm. and you answered these questions and it told you which colored ones to pull out that fit your, your, your sex, your body shape, your food preferences, and it literally became a little binder that told you all the great things that you could eat, and it even had some restaurant recommendations and things like that in it that you could eat. And if you stuck to this meal plan for six weeks and it gave you breakfast, a snack, lunch, a snack, Mm -hmm. dinner, and you could even have the option of a midnight snack, a late-night snack. Wow. And you could eat out, and in six weeks you were supposed to have lost at least fifteen pounds. And How did it, it work? Really worked. Oh. Do you think you literary. could have done it?
1: Do you think you could have done it without that binder?
3: No, because I've tried to do it okay. without the binder. Because okay, now I know what the foods are and whatever. Right. Um. Just did not. If I because it gave me so many options for like, I had like, you know, six, seven different options for breakfast and lunch and dinner. So that really worked for you. And it really, it really worked And being in the military and, you know, trying to struggle with my weight to make my weight standard. When I stuck to that, my mother thought I was sick. She was like, (laughs) what's wrong with you? Are you not eating? Because
1: well, you showed them, right? All, the
3: time.
1: All right. Very good, Stephanie. I'm glad that worked for you. So Stephanie bought a body makeover plan on an infomercial and it worked for her. All right, let me get one more here before we move on to our dish calls. And Susan is on KTSA, Jack Ricardi Show, Friday night. Hi, Susan.
10: Hi, Jack. Um yeah, my husband was real cheap and he never liked <laughs> going to pay for haircuts. So he bought some stupid thing that would suck your hair in this tube and cut your hair for you, and he wanted to try it out on our
1: kids. Oh, the flow-bee. The Yeah, that was the bee, right?
10: I guess so, yeah. It was like a
1: cutter and, and a vacuum at the same time.
10: <laughs> yes, and my, my son was like maybe two years old, and he turned that thing on, and the kids screamed bloody murder. He couldn't even get it near his head. And oh, no. I just, thought, <laughs> I just thought, why did you buy this thing? Yeah. Why did you-
1: <laughs> did it, so did you ever get any use out of it, or?
10: No, no, I mean, I thought, well, maybe if you could get a dog to hold still, you might be able, oh. I, I don't know, it was yeah. just, it was just the craziest thing, and, and my husband was always pretty sensible, but he just didn't want to pay for haircuts, yeah. and he thought, oh, that's, and, I, you know. Now, a minute ago,
1: you called him cheap, now you're calling him sensible, so that, I like sensible better, that's.
10: He's sensible because he he never wanted to you know buy something crazy like that, and I couldn't right. believe it. You know,
1: you got to give everybody everybody in life gets one infomercial, you know, like craziness <laughs> moment, right? Like everybody gets one. No matter what it is or how crazy it is, we all should be forgiven at least one time for an infomercial purchase. Yeah, I, I always wondered about the flow That's the you you're the first person I know that actually had one. So thank you, Susan. Um, 210-599-5555. We're going to get to the votes on this question later in the hour and we're going to honor Elton John on his 75th birthday as well. Um, I'm going to play you some songs that are, um, underplayed and overlooked from the, you know, not the ones you always hear. But the ones that you should hear, or I think we should hear more often. So that's coming up here as well. Uh, But we're talking restaurants on the dish. Uh, You can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. Brian is calling in about a place that we had a call on last Friday night. Right, Brian?
0: Yes, sir. And uh, Yeah, and I told you as soon as I heard that call, I I went and booked, and I took my wife, and uh, she was just so happy with it. It was very good. Very, it's called A way
1: of the Heart, it's on McCullough So for folks that didn't hear This is a place that does like a Like a theme Like a theme dinner, yeah, so right?
3: They do they,
0: they do a theme and it's every quarter So right now it's an Asian theme And it's nine courses And uh, there's certain Drinks with some of the courses that Go along with it and mm-hmm. um You know, just, it, it, it's Like my wife said, it's stuff that she would have Never ordered in her life, but she loved it all And uh so the next theme, they said, is, is going to be like uh, uh, African and, and uh, uh, Australian and that, uh, that part of the world. And then in the third quarter, they're going to do a, like a Latin America theme.
1: Hmm. Okay. So, but, and, and, the, um, and
0: the chefs come out and introduce each dish mm-hmm. and what it means to them. And they researched, you know, that part of the world and stuff like that. It's really neat. Super nice guys. So it's so really
1: it's, not just the food. It's like the whole experience, right?
0: Yeah, it's an experience. The
1: whole experience. Great. All right. Uh, Brian with praise for a restaurant called A Way to the Heart. A Way to the Heart. 5251 McCullough uh, in the yard on McCullough. And uh, it was two weeks ago. We had a caller uh, praising A Way to the Heart. And here's another one. 210 599 on KTSA. Roger is on the dish. Hey, Roger. Happy Friday.
6: Happy for you, sir. Last week, I went to Mama's Cafe, 2400 Block of Broadway. I did not have lunch or anything there. But let me tell you, I went in there because my mask. The, the elastic broke on one side, and I went inside the store, the restaurant, and I asked him, you wouldn't have to have an extra mask. He said, no problem. We'll get you a mask. They were wonderful. His name was Pablo, and I was real happy. I didn't eat there, but they're wonderful and even though I wasn't a customer. There were great people working at that location. Pablo was his name. What, what, you
1: went in to get you went in to get a mask? Is that what you're saying?
6: Yeah, my mask broke. One side of the mask broke, you know, the elastic. Mm-hmm. And okay. I just thought I'd go in there because I've been there many a times and then I went in there, I said, Well, you wouldn't have to have an extra mask and he did not oh, have okay. to say Pablo ended up getting nice. me a mask and no cough or anything. Okay. Wonderful people there.
1: And that's the mama's on uh, Nacogdoches? 2400 black, yes, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, Roger, thank you for the call. Um, I guess we'll say that's a praise for the mask. Wendy writes, I'm almost never available during the dish, but I want to praise John the Greek. I've heard you sing their praises many times over the years. I finally had a chance to try it out this week. You were not exaggerating. It was fantastic. The owner was the most friendly person I've ever met. And it was just the right balance of attentive and allowing me to enjoy the delicious food. I had soup and the stuffed peppers with the pita bread and potatoes. Ate every bite, had no room for any of the fabulous-looking desserts, but I will definitely be going back to John the Greek at 281 and Thousand Oaks. It says, Wendy, Angela writes to Jack at KTSA.com about Clementine at 2195 Northwest Military Highway, Clementine. The salads and the entrees are all delicious. I love their beet salad and the chicken entree. Chef, uh, the uh, chef John Russ was just nominated as a semifinalist for the James Beard Best Chef in Texas Award. He does an amazing job. She says my favorite dessert is the Clementine Crunch Bar, and uh, I recommend it highly. Says Angela about Clementine twenty one ninety five. Northwest Military Highway. All right, 210 599 5555 to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. Dean is on the dish. Hi, Dean.
11: Good afternoon, Jack. Uh, I was calling in about the Casterville Cafe in Casterville. Uh, I, you know, thinking back, I think I've only eaten there on Sundays. They're closed on Saturdays, but it's a place my parents, when my dad was still alive, would go out there on Sundays and um they have some pretty good sunday specials uh they alternating sundays i know they'll have king ranch on the sunday that they don't have lasagna and then they'll have lasagna on the uh sunday that they don't have the king ranch but they also have like pot roast and uh some other good stuff on there i haven't had anything ever bad out there i mean it, it's good uh they only have unsweet iced tea but I've been going there for so long, they just whip up a little bit of simple syrup to mix into it. So Wow. Look at you, getting
1: your own uh, getting your own sweet tea. Yeah,
11: well, you know, it it is the South. We've got to have sweet tea. <laughs> that
1: is true. That is true. It's, um, it's mandatory. Is, is it a big place or a small place? What's no, it like?
11: No, it's uh like it's an old house and it's um Right after you cross the river going west on 90, you take that first right there, and you can see it. It's, like, right there. Okay. And so then the first, like, cross street you come to there, it's kind of at the corner there. I don't know the name of the street. I just it says
1: Lafayette Street. There. Does that sound right? 309 Lafayette yeah, Street. Yeah,
11: that sounds that sounds about right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, the King Ranch casserole, I highly recommend it. The lasagna. Surprisingly enough, I normally wouldn't order lasagna at a non-Italian restaurant. Yeah. It's good.
1: Excellent. Sounds really good. Too. That sounds great. Castroville Cafe. Uh praise for Castroville Cafe, three hundred nine Lafayette Street in Castroville. On the dish, two ten, five nine nine, fifty five fifty five, praise or zing, your most recent restaurant experience. And Don is on KTSA. Hi, Don.
12: Hello. I got uh you may have had it several times, but casa pasta in Halotus.
1: No, oh, I've never had that. Tell me about that.
12: I'm surprised. Uh, they opened up, and I was surprised they make it during the middle of the COVID stuff about two years ago. Uh, I understand they have one in Kerrville, but this is a uh, little strip center in in Holotus. Uh one two four one five Bandera Road. Uh,
2: okay.
12: I've been i uh, I'm in the parking lot now, waiting to pick up my dinner, and the parking lot is packed. Uh, wow. Great food, and it's extremely hot. I, I've always hesitated about taking food home, but theirs is hot when it comes out. It's hot <laughs> when you get home.
1: What is the best thing, if, if somebody goes for the first time, What's what should they try the first time? What's good?
12: Oh, I, I don't know. I like the eggplant. I would, I would compare it as good as any of your big chains. Uh, mm-hmm. Today I'm having a chicken parmesan. Okay. Uh, my wife likes a spaghetti. Uh, it's, it, the prices are reasonable, and it's a lot of food. We normally will not eat all of it uh, at wow.
1: one time.: Well that sounds we, really good We can get
12: two meals out of it all, all, every time. All right,
1: 12,415, yeah. Bandera Road in Helotus for Casa pasta, Casa pasta. Don says the food is extremely hot. 210 599 5555. So praise so far for Casterville Cafe in Casterville and Casa Pasta in Holotus. And Deborah is on the dish on 550 and 107 1 KTSA. Happy Friday, Deborah.
9: Happy Friday to you. Um, I am going to, I want to tell you about Han Machi, Korean food. It's mm-hmm. on Hedner at the end of a strip mall. I don't have the exact address. I'm sorry, uh, but um, to start with, when you're going th- in the door, there's a there's a paper on the on the window at the door that says uh, you can only or when it, we went anyway, the, uh, the, the paper said you could only stay in the place eating for 90 minutes, and they spe- and for dining they spelled it D I N N I N G. Maybe Korea <laughs> I don't know if it was Koreans writing or not. The next thing we saw was on uh, the menu you automatically are 27 spe- spending twenty seven ninety nine if you're an adult and seventeen ninety nine if you're a child up to age ten. For and under are free. We were told we would on the menu it said we would be served with miso soup, rice, and a lettuce leaf. Okay. Okay, I uh, never saw lettuce leaf as a separate thing before. Mm. Uh, it's one of these places that has a grill in the center of the table, right? and I asked the waiter, what if you don't know how to cook, or what if you don't know how to grill? And they right. he smiled and said, well, when in between um, uh, other people, we will help you while we can. I see. And... Um, they had i thought it was going to be a buffet because it looked like you know selections the thing that looked like a buffet was for the waiters to go and get different things like um uh i don't know anything about korean food so they bring so you the know. things
1: that you then cook on that grill in the table is that it
9: yes they did and okay. i was there with with a rather large group and um they um and and if you weren't there with somebody to cook it uh, you're going to be there without a paddle from what i could tell and um and um i mean one of the group of 4 that i was at the table with did know how to cook cook this stuff mm. but i certainly didn't right uh if you wanted to take any you've got 3 different selections and i think you got uh, and and the main ones that we wanted were not available. You could get octopus. You could get, um, uh, what, what else? Let me see. The beef brisket and the steak were out. Uh, they had uh, shrimp, squid, baby octopus, or bass. Um, there was a $10 charge if you wanted any of the food to go for one of those regular, what everybody gives, the white right. Uh, to go box. Okay. Uh, they had Japanese ice cream for four ninety
1: five. Okay, uh, you, you can't you can't take me through the whole we we can't we can't do the whole thing, no, Deborah. But, 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 but bottom line no. is this a zing? I mean, are you not? Is, basically, it sounds like you were not Absolutely. happy with it, right? Okay.
9: A zing, and and
1: and, and so what was the main thing that you had to cook it yourself? That you feel like for those prices they should do it for you and bring it, you know, ready to eat, right?
9: Um. No, I just wouldn't go at all because oh, okay. it's all right. just it. There's no, and okay. then they add a five dollars okay. service charge. Okay. I mean, right. it, do not. I don't. Bye. Okay, <laughs> and, I got it.
1: It's a zing. It's a zing for Hanmachi Korean barbecue. We'll be here next Shades week. Of
9: gray. We have children at home, and and it's really not a. Don't you find
3: the that. irony in that?
1: Ten two twenty two Hebner Road. Uh, zing for Han Hanmachi. We've never had a call about it. I've seen those around town. There's a there's a few of them. Uh, I didn't know what they were or what they were about. Um I knew what they were. I just didn't know that you had to cook it yourself. So yeah, okay. Not happy now with you that. Know a lot Deborah. about them. Now we know a lot about them. Perhaps more than we need to. So two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five on the dish on KTSa and Ruben is on the radio. Hi Ruben. Good afternoon. Happy Friday.
13: Hi. Happy Friday. I wanted to call about a restaurant called Six Clicks Cafe in Helotus, Texas, off of Bandura Road. The address is 12916. My in-laws told us about it uh, just this beginning of the week, and we came out here and tried it Wednesday evening. The food was delicious. My wife had the country fried steak. I had a ribeye plate. We had a little dessert afterwards. They had really good bread pudding um and we're out here to try it again tonight they're supposed to make really good burgers so we're going to find out Hmm.
1: where in uh where in halotis is that
13: um it's right across the street from o'connor high school right behind the dairy queen there's only one the the texas stop sign dairy queen
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay and um what is the best thing to get there would you say uh what seems like the best thing to order
13: I would have to say the ribeye because it was cooked to perfection. They made a really good uh, loaded baked potato with it and um, some uh, green beans, long string green, uh, green beans.
1: Okay. Is it a big place or a small place? Or how would you describe yeah,
13: it? The- it's actually a really small hole in the wall place. Probably seats, in it's in the strip center there. It probably seats, what, 25, 30 people, maybe a little more?
1: Okay. So small place, really good food. Definitely try the ribeye and the loaded baked potato, huh?
13: Yeah, well, we're going to try the burgers. They're supposed to be really good here as well. All right. We might have another praise about the burgers next time.
1: <laughs> I hope you'll do that. Yeah, call me back if you go back again and see what else is good there. 12916 Bandera Road. 12916 Bandera Road and Holotus. We spend a lot of time on Bandera Road and Holotus tonight, aren't we? You're going to wonder about us. USA News Time 636. Another half hour of The Dish. We're taking your calls to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. We'll also have the results on our J.R. Poll question, powered by Stevens Roofing, later in this half hour. And 75 years ago today, he was born Reginald Kenneth Dwight. But the world knows him as Elton John, or Sir Elton John, one of the most successful artists of all time. In a six-decade career, he has sold over 300 million records, including some of the best-selling, two of the top ten best-selling albums of all time, and the best-selling chart single of all time, his re-recording and reissue of Candle in the Wind, which was uh, re redone by him and then reissued after the death of. Princess Diana, in 1999. Elton John today is 75 years old, and the thing about Elton John is um, his music has never been off the radio. He's always been uh, a presence. If you think about the Beatles as the group that defined and kind of you know set the tone for popular music in the last 60 years, Elton John is probably the solo artist who did that same thing and and had that comparable. Uh, role, but I wanted to think about today the songs that I think are beautiful, incredible Elton John songs, but are not heard on the radio um, anymore or as much. Not the the ones in the words that don't get the super high exposure, and these are my personal top ten in that uh, category. Kind of you know underrated overlooked elton john songs at number 10 was a a charity record that he did as part of a, a long devotion he's had to hiv aids research and the support of it he teamed up in 1986 uh, with some superstar friends for a song called that's what friends are for and it was a beautiful uh song with gladys knight and stevie wonder and Dion warwick and uh, Elton John, that's what friends are for at number 10. At number 9, um, about a year and a half after the death of his good friend John Lennon, uh, Elton John gave us one of the saddest and most beautiful tribute songs you, you could ever hear for anyone a song called Empty Garden. Good friend John Lennon, can't you come out and play? And um, I remember at the time that song came out, some people thought that the empty garden was a reference to the garden in front of the Dakota apartment, but it might also be a reference to the fact that John Lennon's last live performance was with Elton John at Madison Square Garden in 1975, so... At number nine, Empty Garden. At number eight on the uh, beautiful, overlooked, underrated Elton John countdown, the duet he did of another reissue. This was his 1991 concert live concert duet with George Michael of Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. And what's beautiful about this song is that um, you hear how uh, kind of moved and reverent George Michael is to have Elton John performing with him. Um, and this song actually one-upped uh, the original uh, from the 70s, which had peaked at number two on the charts. This one went all the way to number one from 1991, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Um, at number seven, I chose a song that, to me, um, is, is sort of a great saloon-style song. Uh, Elton John did it on the Jump Up album in 1982. It's called Blue Eyes.
2: Tears Holding back The pain Baby's got Blue eyes And she's alone
1: Again You can almost imagine like Frank Sinatra or Tony Bennett doing that song, right? Blue eyes From Elton John at number seven. At number six on our countdown, um, Elton John in the late 1980s with the Reg Strikes Back album. And a song called, I Don't Want to Go On With You Like That. And what I love about this song is the attitude. You know, he is kind of giving you that Elton John sass. I don't want to go on with you like that. Number five on the countdown of overlooked, underrated Elton John songs on his 75th birthday um, is a beautiful, slow song that I used to love to play on the radio as a disc jockey. Uh, and It's just full of meaningful, deep lyrics. Someone saved my life tonight. You know, when you think of uh, when you think of Elton John's songs, you tend to think he did so much in the '70s uh, and '80s. But he, of course, he's still active today. He still has songs on the charts. He's still recording new music. And in the 2000s, he did uh, some concept albums that were, I I thought, were amazing. He did one in 2004, which I have the CD for, called Peachtree Road, and it really showcases how much Elton John, a a British subject, loves America. He loves Americana, he loves the culture. This was a tribute uh, to, um, really to Elvis, I would say, uh, who came from Tupelo, and it's a song called Porch Swing in Tupelo. (laughs) I mean, this is a guy that, you know, gave us Philadelphia freedom. And if you remember back in the 70s when he would play baseball, stadiums, he'd, be, he'd wear the uniform of the team. And he's just one of those guys like Bono that he's not from here, but he loves America. Um, at number three, I chose uh, a song that we used to play on the last music station that I worked at, and people loved it. I don't know why it's not on the radio more. It's the closing track to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. At number three, it's Harmony. You're not lucky
2: knowing me, keeping the speed real slow. In any case, I set my own pace by stealing the show. Say, <laughs> I'm a pretty good company. Looking
1: Harmony from Goodbye Yellow Brick Road in 1973. Um, I think Elton John, at at one point in his career, maybe more than one point, was releasing albums so quickly that not as many singles would come off each album as should have. Like, believe it or not, I looked this up today to make sure I was right. Only three singles were released to radio from Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Yet that album today is one of the top ten best-selling albums of all time. And Harmony probably just got kind of lost in the shuffle of You know, something new was coming, another new album was coming, another new tour was coming. I think that was the B-side to Benny and the Jets, as a matter of fact. But it's a great, great song. In 1977-78, Elton John befriended and started working with a great uh, Philly soul producer named Tom Bell. Tom Bell worked with everybody. I mean, Donny Hathaway, Roberta Flack, the Spinners, everybody that had that Philly sound. And he gave Elton John... A taste of that. And Elton John really took to it. This was a song that came out in 1979 called Mama Can't Buy You Love. Remember the uh, remember the disco group Bell and, I think it was called Bell and James. They had a song called Living It Up Friday Night. Yeah, well, th- they wrote this, and Elton John had a big hit with it. It put him back on the charts in the disco era. at Number two, Mama Can't Buy You Love. Now, also from the album The Tom Bell Sessions comes my all-time favorite Elton John song. I, I, this is not a song most people will ever have heard. Um, it did not get radio airplay at the time and um well i should say his version of it didn't because right after elton john did this song the spinners did it and their version of the song i'm about to play did make the charts however i just love the elton john version i want you to hear this because it's my favorite elton john song on his birthday also from 1979 are you ready for love and if you need a little trivia sometime the spinners actually sing backup on both are you ready for love and mama can't buy you love i mean that's how how close-knit the whole tom bell philly soul scene was these artists are all in there with each other and helping each other out and it was a great revelation elton john to be brought into that and and made a part of that And of course i think he did justice to the songs and and to the great tom bell's arrangements and production we're going to hear more of Uh, Are You Ready for Love later in the show. But that's my top ten. You can find it at KTSA.com. Tell me your favorite Elton John song, and we wish him a beautiful, blessed 75th birthday, a guy that we've uh, shared a lot of joy and sadness and love and loneliness with, Elton John. Uh oh. He's lost the kindergarten vote. All right. Results in the JR poll powered by Stevens Roofing. Have you ever bought a TV infomercial product? 65% say no. 35% say yes. On Monday, we'll have a new JR poll when we start at four. And John is on the dish on KTSA. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you doing? We're doing
14: well. Uh, Real quick, I got an Overlooked Elton John album. It was called Captain and the Kid. It came out in 1909. 2007, oh. and he got the original band together, and it is an mm-hmm. amazing album. Okay. So, What do you got that's for that's us the on the return? dish? Uh, It's actually an hour and a half north of you on 290. It's called the West Henley Boil Shack. So mm-hmm. if you come up 281 out of San Antonio take a ride on 290, if you're going to Austin, they're mm-hmm. on the right side. They're doing crawfish right now, but they will only do seasonal crawfish out of Texas, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi and whatever. They won't buy oh, any okay. you know, overseas. So, uh, and the fried shrimp is amazing. is amazing. Um, it's just really good food, really great atmosphere, big outdoor area, and just real good. And sadly, it's like it's open the,
1: Thursdays through Sundays. Is that right?
14: Exactly. Exactly. And sadly, one of the owners passed away last Sunday. She was a, uh, just a deer. But so, anyway, uh, the fantastic food great atmosphere i highly recommend it real affordable too in fact i just had a pound of crawfish and shrimp and god knows what else they gave me <laughs> I
1: hope, that, hope you mean that in the best possible way john that that didn't sound I, I so do. good that last I do, part but I, I feel like i just hate a bowling ball <laughs> in a good way all right john with praise for west henley boil shack west henley boil shack It's uh, 7792 U.S. Highway 290, Johnson City, Praise on the Dish. And we're going to leave you with that that, uh, incredible Elton John song, my personal favorite, as we celebrate his 75th birthday today. I'll leave you with this song, not only because it's a great song and Elton John's a great artist, but I hope wherever you are in life, whatever's going on with you, I hope you are ready for love. Maybe this weekend, who knows, right? See you Monday.